You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications, and we're joined this week by Kent Backus, who is NCBA's Director of International Trade and Market Access. Kent, thanks for joining us again. Always happy to be here. Now, bring us up to speed on NAFTA and explain, I guess, let's back up a little bit before we get into the NAFTA update. Explain to folks how the beef trade works with Mexico and Canada, since NAFTA is obviously being renegotiated and an issue that we care deeply about here. Oh, well, you know, what a difference a year makes. You know, this time last year, we were hearing about threats of withdrawal, then we were hearing about renegotiation. The whole ag industry was on fire, really nervous about what was going to happen. Over the last year, we have seen continued negotiations. What we haven't seen is a conclusion of those negotiations. So when you look at NAFTA overall, there's still a lot of uncertainty about what's going to happen. And I think it's important for people to understand how important NAFTA really is to the beef industry, because Canada and Mexico are two of our top five export markets. Canada, we sell a lot of the same cuts Americans want, and that's perfectly fine because we can sell them at a good value there. In Mexico, we sell a lot of cuts that Americans don't really want. We sell a lot of stomachs. We sell a lot of uh, tongues. We sell a lot of other things like that, in addition to rounds and other cuts that, quite frankly, just don't fetch a premium here. But in Mexico, they're very high-value cuts. So Mexican consumers have become very loyal to U.S. beef. They look for U.S. beef. It's something that really thrives there. We don't want to jeopardize that by any means at all, because if we pull out of NAFTA, then we're going to see the tariffs on U.S. beef go up to 25%. That's where we were before NAFTA. Uh, We would also lose some preferential access into Canada, too. Why would we do that? Those are two really good markets for us to export fresh beef. So, you know, we're a little nervous about what could happen. I think if you look at where we are right now in the negotiation phase, uh, it's possible that we could see a conclusion to the NAFTA negotiations. It would be a wide, encompassing conclusion uh, that would include revisions to autos and uh, steel and dairy and all kinds of other things that the U.S. has tried to renegotiate. Uh, we could see that potentially by Labor Day. There's been some hint from the administration that that could be the case. At the same time, I mean, this is an election year, and President Trump could double down on some protectionist policies, and if he listens to the advice of some people, you know, that could be the case. And then we would see those tariffs come into place because we'd pull out. We'd pull out an NAFTA. I don't think anybody really wants that, but it is a possibility. Uh, there's also a third option, and that's a skinny NAFTA. And, uh, you know, that would include probably something where you'd see a new deal on automobiles or other things. Uh, but quite frankly, uh, it's still up in the air as to what's going to happen. Nobody really knows. The, the crystal ball is not clear. Uh, and so that's got a lot of people pretty nervous about what could happen. Okay. And, of course, the big news on the trade front this year is on, on China. Um, there's basically we're escalating toward the possibility of a full-on trade war with China. I mean, this isn't just rhetorical at this point. This is, you know, escalating from fifty billion dollars in tariffs to two hundred billion to three hundred billion. Um, where are we on China? I mean, a, a, literally a year ago, basically this week, you and I were in Beijing celebrating uh, the reopening of that market to American beef for the first time in thirteen years. Um, which is just starting to make some inroads there, and suddenly U.S. beef is on the retaliation list. 
in this trade dispute. So where are we? What are the prospects going forward? Are we just going to blow up this market before it really got off the ground? Yeah, again, what a difference a year makes. And so uh, this time last year, like you said, we were we were going to China. We were there to celebrate with Secretary Purdue, with Ambassador Branstead. By the way, it was his third day on the job when we had that ceremony. Um, we were there to celebrate, celebrate a new relationship. Uh, and now here we are a year later, and the threat is very real that, that we could be shut out of that market again. This time, not as much because of the, uh, the non-tariff barriers, but really because of tariff barriers. Uh, in reaction to the Section 301 uh, case, the United States is, is moving forward with 50 billion, or tariffs on $50 billion worth of, of Chinese goods. In response, China said, okay, we'll do that too. And by the way, here's a list of things we may hit. You know, beef's been listed as a, as a possible target, and uh, China said that they would just increase the tariffs by 25%. Well, we already face a 12% tariff there. That's not even including the 10% value-added tax. So when you add the 25% increase to that, that's 37% just on tariffs. And then you throw the, the value-added tax on top of it, that's close to 50%. And we're already expensive because of the restrictions we face. Yeah, and um, you actually emailed us an article this morning talking about a container ship that was headed for China with U.S. beef, and it just did a U-turn. Talk about that a little bit. It's already having an impact, even though these tariffs haven't gone into effect. Right. These tariffs are not actually supposed to go into effect till July the 6th. But that hasn't stopped you know, uh, businesses in China from saying, look, we don't want to pay that tariff. And so if there's a risk that that ship's not going to arrive before that deadline, you know, it's a long boat ride from the west coast of the U.S. to the east coast of China. Uh, there's a chance that the, that the boat wouldn't arrive in time, wouldn't be offloaded in time, it could be hit with that tariff. Well, they're saying that that risk is too great. And so they've canceled orders. And so now those ships get turned around. It's not just beef that's being impacted by this. I mean, we're looking at pork. Pork is a, you know, that's a major export market for pork. And why should that matter to beef producers? Well, because pork competes directly with us in all of our major export markets. And if you think that the exports to China are not going to, to impact us, then you need to think again because, you know, kind of like Mexico and beef, China eats a lot of the pork cuts that Americans don't want. So that's going to get displaced to other Asian markets. Oh, and guess what? Two of our top export markets are in Asia. So actually three when you include Hong Kong. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there. And we're not alone in the meat sector. The rest of ag is, is pretty nervous about this and, and really the U.S. economy in general. Right. And I mean, expanding on that, beef producers aren't just beef producers. They're also consumers. They buy consumer goods. And when you raise the price of steel, for example, when you put a huge tariff on steel, that raises the price of everything that is made with steel in America like cars. So if you buy a car, it's going to cost more. If you buy a truck for your ranch, it's going to cost more. So it has, you know, wide-ranging impacts way beyond just, you know, beef production and beef markets. So Kent, what can we do about this? What can folks out there who are listening do to influence this debate? Well, I still think that, you know, we we need to we need to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I know it's only 2 weeks away until these tariffs come into effect. But, uh, you know, we'll give the administration the shot. They have a chance between now and then to find a path forward. And if they don't, then they will have to answer for all the pain that's going to happen, not only to our producers, but, Ed, you hit it on the head. 
it's consumers at the end of the day that are going to really hurt by this. And and that's really not the path we want to see for. Tariffs don't help us. Tariffs don't help us at all. They, they haven't. And, you know, if there's anything at all, we in the beef industry have learned firsthand what it's like to get hit with high tariffs and how restrictive that can be. Would you look at what we faced in Korea prior to the free trade agreement? We had a 40% tariff on U.S. beef. Now that that's going away, Korea is our number two market. It's a big market. It's a billion-dollar market for us. You look at Japan, we still face a 38.5% tariff there. We don't like tariffs on our products. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we need to make sure that consumers have access to the products they want. And our consumers in other countries, they want that access. We try to tear those tariffs away. And really, American consumers, we consume products that are, that are made all over the world. And at the end of the day, it's the American consumer that's going to have to pay the price for all of these tariffs. Absolutely. And obviously, folks can call their members of Congress, call their senators. If you're upset about this and you're losing you know, access to foreign markets, if the price of your consumer goods is going up, contact your members of Congress. Let them know that you're upset about this and talk to your neighbors about this. If you have neighbors, fellow ranchers, fellow producers who are buying into the protectionist kind of rhetoric and closing off our market to imports or raising the price or raising the cost of imports, give them a little Econ 101 lesson. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, this is not going to end anytime soon. I mean, we've already started down this path. Now we need Congress to to engage and to hold the administration accountable. We need them to actually stand up and defend trade. And that's tough in an election year because there's a lot of anti-trade rhetoric that's out there. It's real easy. It's real easy to take a swing at trade because uh, a lot of people that attack it are people that don't understand it. They don't understand the value it has for all of us. So it's important that we elect people who understand the long-term significance of trade and who are willing to to uh, to hold everyone accountable. Uh, you know, we need more trade agreements, and we need the administration to focus on opening markets, not closing them. And so this is where our producers can really engage, because at the end of the day, it's their face, it's their face that the administration and Congress needs to remember when they make these kind of policy decisions. All right. Very well said. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef and check us out online at beefusa.org and follow us on Twitter at at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.